What's good, what's good? You are listening to Talking Some Muscle, the only show that merges fitness, pop culture, and sports, and whatever else requires you to move that beautiful body of yours. We are America's sweethearts. I'm Hector Oliveira. Joining me, as always, is the man on a mission to find nutrition, the Polynesian Papa of Pump, San Diego's sensational Samoan, and the guy that gets down at Grinder Gym San Diego, Mr. Seisei Leo. Seisei, what is up, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Hector? I'm fucking just getting over a cold, man. I got a little Coronita virus or the Pacific Oclada virus. Mm. I got I got something that Mexicans get because they don't get the coronavirus. We're immune to that shit. Immunity. Yeah. yeah. That's because I heard, I heard cocaine causes immunity to the coronavirus. That's right. <laughs> That's my blood type. Anyhow, uh, I see you sitting there with your island's best hat on. You're looking very ethnic today. Whatever that means. Yeah, that's all right. Whatever I that think that's a compliment. That's a good way to, to start our show, actually. Uh, we're going to start the show off with a little word association where I'm going to say something, a word or a phrase, and then you're going to blurt out just the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, ready? Here we go. Yeah. Hawaii. Hell yeah. Marathon. Shit. Making love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, baby, all day. Oh, Is that yeah. two words? Is that okay? <laughs> Valentine's Day. Shit. Marriage. <laughs> Fuck. Porn stars. Let's go. Bodybuilding. Let's go. CrossFit. Shit. <laughs> you said shit for CrossFit and marathon running. There, I think there's a certain affinity you have right now, or anti-affinity you have right now. For you can see where body. my priorities are for sure. Yeah. <laughs> they say it's about that, that non-movement life. <laughs> Any kind of movement you don't want to be a part of unless it's a bowel movement. Right. The bowel Touch movement your toes. life. Oh yeah, I do. Bowel movements get, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Common, if you ask the, the average person and you throw out the word CrossFit, they're automatically going to say, oh, injuries, I don't want to get hurt, blah, 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 whatever the uh, initial response is, because that is the current stigma of CrossFit, or difficult, or sweating, or something that involves you pushing yourself to your absolute limits. Am I wrong or am I right? Yeah, heck yeah, you're right, dude. As far as the individualist characteristics go of how far somebody's willing to push themselves, you're definitely right. Well, the guys here at Talking Some Muscles, Seisei and myself, are deciding to actually tackle or clean and jerk or snatch the topic of CrossFit today. We're going to do it in a podcast format for all y'alls out there that loves them podcasts. I know I do. How about you? Yes, love them. So what we are going to cover today are topics like, what's your friend? What's your Grace? What's your Elizabeth? What's your Veronica? Is that an AMRAP, ASFAP, EMOM, PR, RPE, or, or are you down with OPP? But most importantly, what we are going to cover today is what exactly is CrossFit? When did it start? Who started it? Why was it started? And also how it built up a cult following to the likes that no one has ever seen before in the fitness industry. Uh, we're also going to cover the 2010 Reebok purchase of CrossFit and the 2010 CrossFit Games impact on gym apparel, merchandising. So yeah, we're definitely going to cover this highly controversial, widely criticized, often imitated, never ever mm -hmm. duplicated. Actually, they're duplicated. Sometimes they're duplicated so many times that you develop a condition called rapid yeah. myelosis, which is another thing that we're going to cover today. But the much maligned cult phenomenon that is CrossFit. 
And because Reebok bought the gym CrossFit, we buy gyms all the time. So what we're also going to do as a little extra tidbit today is we're going to cover the top 10 best gyms to invest your money, monthly dues, and sweat equity. And of course, we finally put to rest for good the debate of is CrossFit good or bad for you? Well, you know, I think you said it on the minutes. Often criticized, highly criticized, often ostracized. What else could you say? It's all, you know, bastardized. So, initial thoughts? I don't know, man. I think that when I first saw it come out, if I remember, it's like, I was like, what is this? Are they slapping just a bunch of random movements together? And, you know, I feel like it's not about the good or bad, but it's how you use it that really matters, you know? Mm-hmm. We're going to definitely slap a bunch of random thoughts and a bunch of random booties today on the latest episode of Talking Some. Oh, that was, that was too early. <laughs> We're going to fucking talk some CrossFit. CrossFit. Muscle. Welcome friends, family, lovers, haters, haters that love to hate and lovers that hate to love. You definitely all have a place here on Talking Some Muscle. I'm Hector Oliveira. He's Cece Liua. And today we talk CrossFit. All right, Cece. So uh, before we dive into this, have you ever done a CrossFit workout before? Have you ever actually yeah. had a chance to experience the sweaty? I believe I, believe I did the Laura what do you remember, remember about it? What are your what are your like takeaways from the CrossFit workout? Stupid. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. No, it's I only agree. stupid yeah, yeah. because it's stupid. It's, it's that special kind of stupid where you're like in the trenches of a workout and you're like on the last rep, you know, yeah. that you can do, but yeah. there's like 20 more on the board listed, so yeah. you got to do 20 more. You're like, this is stupid. That's that's yeah. what I mean. It's like, and you often boy, find yourself asking why, tired. right? You're like, well, why the fuck do I have to do yeah. so many of these? <laughs> Why? And there's three rounds and I'm on round one. Like, what? This is stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's almost like that Terry Crews. If if you guys haven't seen the Terry Crews, uh, the uh, Terry Crews workout video, Euro Training. If you haven't seen that, pop that into the Google search bar. Hit search Euro Training, where he busts out all those. Uh, where he nah. out and he does like the robot with like 60 pound dumbbells and side oh, did push presses and overhead presses yep. and jumping jacks after he does like 30 different movements that inquire not only a whole hell of a lot of strength but also some grace style dance moves i believe he's like euro training euro training euro training <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was that that was funny was that martin no nah. i don't know what that was <laughs> if it was martin though martin lawrence would have been like oh damn that looks hard, Gina. Damn. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to do that, Gina. Oh. I feel like you could do a good impression of Martin Lawrence that uh, kind of like slowly fades into a macho man. I'm going to uh, <laughs> Martin Lawrence with any savage, Gina. Damn. <laughs> yes. I think uh, next time I'm on a, a public bathroom in a setting where there are multiple toilets, I'm just going to go right into Martin. Oh, damn. That stinks, Gina. Oh. <laughs> sounded like macho man doing a martin lawrence impression <laughs> that's i'm the only guy in the world with uh, macho man doing a martin lawrence impression that's right 
I'll send out my business cards to anyone to hire anybody that wants to hire. I do birthdays, I do uh, weddings, I do anniversaries, I do annulments and divorces, and uh, all that other good stuff. <laughs> you make it fun, dude. You might be out of something. It'll make it fun. Uh, yeah, you for just sure. Get a normal lawyer. <laughs> you know what drives me crazy though is like uh, when you're trying to have a nice quiet moment in the bathroom, public bathrooms, and I I rarely use them because I don't really like public bathrooms, right? But there's always the dude in the stall next to you that makes it a big production, dude. He just walks in, and before he even like sits down to do his business, he's already getting the, and he hasn't even taken the pants off, and he's already grunting like, yeah. Come straight down. Like mouth breathing in the in the bathroom, dude. You don't fucking mouth breathe in the bathroom. Just stop, dude. How you getting such clear sound on this right now? And then you, and then you see uh, the little feet moving in the stall. You see his little sneakers, just a little squeaking sound. He's trying to reposition for strength and balance. There's a, there's a, mm, you got to do the story time segment, dude, because you got some <laughs> skills. I got to take my earphones out for this. <laughs> I got to wash them off. <sighs> then he like repositions and coughs again. <clears throat> you hear the like bouncing on the toilet seat. <clears throat> and then when he goes to get the toilet paper, it's like this squeaking noise because he's he can't like bend and rotate in that direction. Wow. He's like. <clears throat> The toilet paper Probably rolls just more. Just why am I picturing somebody like I know this person right now? Like oh, I call man. him the captain, dude. He's the biggest. He's a big dude, but he's a real estate agent. But like, man, that's messed up. That's how he does it. That's how he does it, man. Anyway, there's a certain amount of bathroom etiquette and gym etiquette that one needs to have on a day to day basis. Uh, I'll tell you. One type of thing that people love to do is grunt during CrossFit workouts because of the heavy weight and extreme exertion. Oh, man, I I, I missed the connection, but you're right. You're right, dude. Let it rip. CrossFit. 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 (laughs) Yeah, that's what he was doing. He was doing a CrossFit. Hey, you know what? There was this uh, situation that occurred when I was at the Redwood City uh, Crunch Fitness when I was working Well, Accord. Accord. So you uh, want to use the one word uh, for, with the you got one word that's English <laughs> English pronounced <laughs> that that may or may not have occurred anyway. So I was in there. Uh, I was in the locker room, right, doing a, a normal locker room clean. I like to keep a nice clean club. I feel like if people see a clean club, then they're going to establish a perceived level of value in the product you have to offer. That is a topic for another show. Uh, so yeah, I was in there doing a clean. We we grudging. Yeah, I was bending over to pick paper towels off the. Dude, that's a workout. You can tell by your grunt. Anyhow, I was uh doing my usual clean, and this guy, gentleman, one of our members, walks in and breaks about every single bathroom public restroom rule you could fucking think of. All right, first of all, walks in butt-ass naked directly out of the sauna sauna or hot tub drenched right (laughs) covered in water sweat whatever it is combination of both who knows what it is but he's also super super hairy tons of body hair we're just fine cool body hair is good with me. that's a rule too though right or no okay yeah yeah yeah. unless (laughs) unless everybody's doing their manscaping nowadays which is uh i i highly uh, recommend anyhow uh gentleman walks in like in the sauna no he walks into the bathroom ready to go right 
And you can tell he has no cons- landscaping in the sauna though. Like he has, <laughs> he has a very, he has an extremely concerned look on his face. Like, hey, you know, there's some big problems that are about to happen, right? So he walks in, butt naked, barefoot. By the way, barefoot, butt naked, into the bathrooms. Right? Walks in, picks the very first stall you can pick. So it's like the small one. You know, it's not the big luxury suite that the handicap space provides. Picks yeah. the very first one, proceeds to take a seat onto the toilet. So barefoot feet are nestled close to the toilet, which is where everybody, you know, leaks urine after they shake a couple times. So he's getting urine on his feet. And uh, then he proceeds to uh, diarrhea shit. For those of you listening, sorry for painting such a clear picture. But he <laughs> he proceeds to... Uh, <laughs> he proceeds to release a fluid-like sound that's I can only compare or liken to someone drowning a chihuahua. It was like... <laughs> it was the wow. most amazing sound that anybody can make in a, in a public toilet. Anyway, he proceeds to make that sound and, uh, right, he finishes his stuff and right and it's just one i hear one singular singular one whir of the toilet paper right rips it off wipes up whatever he can and then just walks up and out oh by the way he didn't lock the door either he just walked right in and the door just slammed and swung freely so didn't lock the door he walks out without washing his hands and then he goes directly back to the hot tub to soak it all off so uh Broke every single rule that you could ever think of in a public facility sense. It was Man, it was <laughs> it was actually pretty impressive because from the sound of what he was doing in there, it was at least dude a solid like three or four wiper, maybe even five to ten. Even when I don't make sounds, dude, I do five to ten and a couple of couple of uh, wet wipes. You know, I always do. Yeah. I like to keep a clean situation. I've often considered yeah. installing a bidet. Because I spend a lot of money on TP these days. It's not cool. It's not cool. Anyway, sidestepping. I feel you on that last part, but then, man, you're going to have to have somebody go in there with some eucalyptus on that damn (laughs) sauna, bro. I think you figured, hey, this guy's cleaning, so uh, maybe I'll just take advantage of the situation. Mm. Mm. Did you have to go in there and look at what happened or what? Yep. I definitely had to go and yeah. investigate. Oh, he didn't so flush either. The so there's issue. another. There's another rule. About it? <laughs> yeah. So there's another. There's another rule he broke. He didn't flush. He didn't flush. So he goes in, doesn't put sandals or shoes on, butt naked, drenched with water or whatever. Right. It's not water, bro. Does maybe just wipes once. So a one wiper. Doesn't wash the hands. Mm-hmm. Doesn't flush. Man, those that's like six or seven different public restroom mm-hmm. rules. Should have just stayed home. Can you? You can revoke his membership, dude, for real. Yep. I'll tell you who's not getting their membership revoked these days are the people of CrossFit across the nation. They are definitely doubling mm-hmm. down and doubling up and doubling under. See that little jump rope reference? Mm-hmm. Doubling under their memberships these days. So uh, <clears throat> let's uh, let's get into the topic, dude. No more poop stories over podcasting. I know. Dude. Like, I'm trying to find the links. Like, was he <laughs> part of was that part of the workout? Like, you got to go and then take a mean shit in the bathroom to get back in the sauna for 30 minutes yeah. and then go work out. All right. So let's uh, let's get right into today's topic. I think the best way to start out uh, today's show is to just answer the simple question of what is CrossFit? Well, as explained eloquently over Wikipedia, uh, CrossFit is promoted, and this is an important word, promoted as both a physical exercise philosophy and a competitive fitness sport. 
incorporating elements from high-intensity interval training, Olympic weightlifting, plyometrics, powerlifting, gymnastics, calisthenics, strongman, and other fucking exercises. It is practiced by members of over 13,000 affiliated gyms, roughly half of which are located in the United States, and by individuals who complete daily workouts, otherwise known as WODs. So there's the first answer to our question today, WODs. WODs are daily workouts posted by CrossFit affiliates, so each little individual box will post uh, a workout of the day. CrossFit has been criticized for allegedly causing people to suffer from unnecessary injuries and exertional rhabdomyolysis. We'll talk about that a Whoa. little bit later. Yeah, yeah. A possible life-threatening breakdown of muscle from extreme exertion. So let's rewind a little bit here and talk about our wads. Well, wads are the workouts of the days. And a lot of times the famous ones are their benchmark workouts. The CrossFit community will attach a certain uh, name to the workout. You have your hero wads, which are uh, dedicated to fallen servicemen, which I find cool. I think that's pretty cool. A famous one is Murph. Uh, they perform it on Memorial Day every year. I think on uh, other other military-related holidays as well, they like to pull out the Murph workout, which is a ton of pull-ups and stuff. We're not going to go through the actual reps and all that other fun stuff and what the workouts are. This isn't that kind of show. But uh, we encourage you to definitely go online and Google it, right? Take a look at it. Pop Murph into the Google machine, and you're probably going to end up with a ton of images of people with, like, wedgies. But you might also end up with the workout of the day known as Murph. So the other type of wads are the ladies, right? So you have benchmarks, wads, you have your um, hero wads, and then you have the ladies. So the ladies are workouts that are named after women, and it goes back to the creator, right? And we'll get into him. Uh, basically, the concept or the idea of naming a workout after a lady is uh, rooted in the fact that a workout or the philosophy of CrossFit also uh, incurs that a workout should make you feel so exhausted. Respect your mother. Oh, <laughs> make you feel exhausted, spent, and lying flat on your back in a pool of your own blood wondering what the hell just happened to me. The In, in, uh, in the way only a lady can make you feel. Yeah, I mean, it's fitting. It's crossfitting. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to pull that? You should have waited a little longer for that one. You have that one in the back pocket. Yeah, was... I mean, I never knew that. That's why I'm just like, I wish I had some popcorn. I'll just be learning right now. I'm like, damn, that sucks. So they, basically, the workout's named after a lady because it makes you feel like shit. Yes, as women do. Go ahead and Or just wears your ass out. Go ahead and email us on that comment that I just made, ladies, uh, women's, girls, and boys whatever you identify with. We welcome all emails, talkingsomemuscle at gmail.com, T-A-L-K-I-N, muscle at gmail.com. Emails, let us know what you think, what you thought, and what you want. Anyhow, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, so as Cece said, it's definitely fitting. I, th I think it's a fun way to brand your product, right? A little fun way to, to put in some, some branding and make it a little bit different than uh, most people. Remember, CrossFit is a workout philosophy that's, once again, promoted and presented as a competition sport or competitive sport. Um, but they also offer um, locations where you can join a affiliate or otherwise known as a gym, a CrossFit quote-unquote box, so a CrossFit gym, which is uh, an interesting business model. I think it's smart on multiple fronts. It creates a community, kind of like a little bit of a cult following, and it gets people to, I guess, buy in to the idea 
And I think it's it's more of a retention tool and more of a, um, I guess, a lasting effect to keep your members engaged. You know, member engagement is so important. I think uh, I think that we could like we should we should open up a big old box, buy out an airplane hanger and just have all the gimmicks in the world there. Oh, you want to try the mirror? It's over there. Oh, you want the Peloton? It's over here. Oh, uh, you want this? Boom, it's over here. Oh, I got it for sale for you, too. So it's whatever keeps the members engaged, right? It's like, oh, you like foam rollers? Yeah, I sell those. Oh, you like those? I sell those. But uh, with with CrossFit, I mean, economic logic behind it, I think, makes sense in the fitness industry. Throw a bunch of bars together, you know, have some qualified people to, to ensure some safety and uh, just give a place. Most of it's like I, I, you're lucky I store this shit for you, like, you know, because you can get your home workout. Yeah, whatever. But, you know, without without the other tools that just make life easier, I mean, you're missing out. So uh, if, if it gets you in the gym and, and there, I feel CrossFit. Uh, the question is, why not? The other person that agrees with that philosophy and that also thought, why not, is the actual creator of CrossFit, which is what we're going to get into right now. A gentleman by the name of Greg Glassman from Woodland Hills, California. I got all this off of his uh, Marathi.com personality bio. All right, so this guy, yeah. right? Let me give you a little idea of kind of what he looks well, I like. I like Woodland here. Hills already because they had they had a Ruby Tuesday, and I haven't ever ate at a Ruby Tuesday except at Woodland Hills, dude. Yeah, there you go. He basically looks like I want to say he looks like every like corporate CEO or like even though he wears his hat backwards, I would say just pop Greg Glassman into the Google search bar and hit enter and see what comes up. But he's not what you would think if you think of someone who created CrossFit, right? When you think of someone who created like Tony Horton's body pump or whatever it is, that guy's ripped, got abs and everything. This guy doesn't, man. He looks like a whiskey swilling, dad shoes wearing, white socks having, just... Pushing too many pencils. Yeah, just <laughs> just your average average dad. Not even average. I would say maybe even below average dad bod. Way below average. I think I'm the average dad bod if, if you ask me. He is the son of a rocket scientist, and I don't know, I guess growing up with a rocket scientist dad and having a maybe a, a relationship that's pretty combative every day, you would probably have to say, fuck it, I don't want to be smart, I just want to lift weights and get huge, I just want to put some fucking muscle on this body, dad, fuck you and your science. Yeah, man, I, I don't I don't think you got like a dad bod for, you know, I think you're like definitely a notch or two at least above that, like, it's like... It's like maybe the fucking tough uncle bod, but you do have kids, so you're definitely a dad. But it's like the uncle, the uncle bod, who's fucking still like, you know, single but still out there, so he has to stay in shape and shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. That's why I try to stay right but, in that, right in that wavelength, yeah. right there, somewhere in between. You know, but it's not like the life. They're not trying too hard as far as like, my goodness, don't fuck with them. That's about it. <laughs> so Greg Glassman would uh, talk about how his father. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment, by the way, Sasa. I appreciate uh, you recognizing oh, yeah, no problem, the hard work no problem, I put bro. into this fucking meat suit of mine, this man meat suit. Mm. <laughs> Anyhow, let's keep it rolling. Enough, enough about me. Let's get back on Greg Glassman. One thing that Greg said he took from his father was the fact that he always preached the importance of math and method, right? But he always constantly clashed with his father. Greg would say that uh, his his father would constantly repeat... Any point made had to be measurable and repeatable. 
So uh, mm-hmm. if you're going to make a point or if you're going to do something, you need to be able to measure the point that you are making and you need to be able to repeat it. Growing up in a household like that, right? Like I said earlier, I think Greg was just like, fuck you, dad. I'm going to be a jock so I can give your old ass wedges, bang fine girls that you never had the chance to measure that bitch. Well, he started yeah. measuring his workout. So I guess it rubbed off on him a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> As Greg transitioned from uh, a life of academia to a life of sweatademia and fucking muscles, bro, he fell in love with gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> he, he fell in love with gymnastics, swimming, weightlifting, cycling, and the common fitness story. Like the common fitness story, he dropped out of several colleges. <laughs> Motherfucker dropped out of several, dude. It's, I think all you need to do is drop out of one. Just drop out of one. That's it. Dropped out of several colleges and began a full-time fitness career as a personal trainer. And uh, I think we were talking about this. I think it's a common origin story, right? If if you find yourself a personal trainer, I think most people, the, the progression kind of works like this. You go to school, get your degree. You get into a job-related field that, that your degree gets you into. Then you're like, fuck this. I do not want to do this. Then you're like, what do I do? Oh, I'm in good shape. I'm a young person. I like to work out played sports all right i'm gonna be a personal trainer right then if personal training doesn't work out all right time to sell houses you you do mortgages then after that Mm -hmm. by then your life is a fucking mess and all you could do is laugh about it so you become a comedian yeah that's the natural progression yeah it's the natural natural progression dude (laughs) seen it before so many times (laughs) keeping it rolling so Greg Glassman created the CrossFit Games with wife Lauren Janae in 2007. So that was that was when they held the first CrossFit Games. Later on, around 2009, they began to struggle for control of the brand of CrossFit. Right. So that that year's important. Right. 2009, struggling with his uh, with control over the company and the brand with his wife. You know, during a divorce, that can get a little sketch. Right. You got to be able to finesse your way out of some situations. And I think if one thing we can get from Greg Glassman, he may not be in the best shape, but the motherfucker can finesse a situation. All right. So the programming and the distribution of CrossFit first began as a police fitness and first responder fitness programs. So he's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to beef up our, our law enforcement and uh, yeah. emergency people. Yeah, that's exactly right. He, uh, so Greg Glassman mm-hmm. first used CrossFit to try to beef up, as you said, the the first responders, right? They sent programming over TV, radio, and print. Fire. Now, I wonder. Fire I wonder man. how the. I wonder how the gangs took that, you know, and all the, the vandals out there. I wonder if they had to combat that with their fitness levels. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we, Someone needs to have a have a fitness program. Actually, Cholo Fitness. I think he's the one who's doing the fitness programming for Cholos. So that way you can try to yeah. outrun the CrossFit cops. <laughs> the popo uh, workout. Yeah, so it was it was very much a tactical fitness approach. Tactical uh, fitness one on one. Yeah, taking into account. Can you account- do it holding a fifteen pound rifle? <laughs> I find myself <laughs> shopping at Vons. <laughs> the need for being able to these watermelons can be heavy. It's like ready. <laughs> Squat, aim. With this program, Mom Fit, you'll be able to lift groceries <laughs> while holding the kids. <laughs> so yeah, it started as, as basically tactical fitness, and I, and I think the concept of being ready for anything, right? Because uh, as a first responder or as a cop, you got to be ready to fucking put a donut and a cup of coffee down without spilling it and spring into action, and that takes a certain amount of focus, control, and skill. You got to be able to do mm-hmm. that. Anyway, we love our law enforcement. I'm just making jokes. Hey, we can fucking joke about anybody we want, all right? 
It's just jokes. Yeah, Laugh yeah. a little bit. As they progressed through their programming, they launched a website in 2001 with a regular daily workout. So that's how the WAD began. And the website began gaining tons of engagement with posting of results, right? So people that were doing these workouts were like, hey, check this shit out. I got this many reps and I got this much weight and I got a bigger dick than you. So, uh, fuck you. <laughs> and another guy said, no, I got a bigger dick than you. And another guy said, no, I got the biggest dick. And another guy was like, uh, no, look at what I can do. So that's kind of how, CrossFit- and you know what? That's funny. Cause back then, like there was only not that many people on the, on the web like that then. So they must've just all been on his website, eating it up. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, are we trying to be comedians now? Because we shouldn't put that on the application for your next job. <laughs> You're like, hey, I'm a comedian right now, but if it doesn't work out, there's a couple of uh, people <laughs> I got on my list. <laughs> that is the application, right? Oh, shit. Yeah, All right. Is that where we are on the progression? Dude? That's where it. we are, dude. See, that's we're, we're there. We're right there, man. We're right there. <laughs> Slowly we're trying to melt right there. Yeah, let's be serious now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let me, I fucking lost my place, man. All right. So, <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> all right. So, with the uh, with the engagement of the website and people posting results and people like, well, I didn't get that much. How do I get that much? I want to be as strong as him. I'm bigger than him, but I'm not stronger. What is he doing differently, right? So, with all the posting and all the results, right? Then people start asking questions, and people are like, well, how do I do this better? How does this happen better? Or what what can I do to change this? How do I lift more? How do I clean better? So that leads to the seminar, the one thing that will always, always rear its ugly little head in the fitness industry is the fitness seminar. So Greg Glassman started going around to all these gyms and boxes and where people were training like CrossFit and charging for seminars. And I think that's another business model that's kind of tucked into the fitness industry is the seminar. Where do you fucking fall on seminars? They say, where do you land on the fitness seminar? Well, let me tell you, Hector, I have the secret of all secrets and I actually have a seminar on it this Thursday. I'm going to send a link to you. Okay. It's in the bio or wherever the link is. You click on that link, you give me your email and it's going to be free. It's a free seminar on how to do seminars. A free seminar? Did you just say free? You're giving away a seminar on free. how to do seminars? That's right. All right. These, these I... tactics, no more do you have to live in the shadows of fitness, okay? You probably have maybe one or two clients are running some debt, but you want to flip it around in one month and make 10 times the amount. $50,000 a month my first 19 wow. days, I tell you. Damn. I'm going to have to do a seminar about how the seminar, about doing seminars, made me want to do a seminar. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm just learning sarcasm. So if you can't tell I'm joking, man, my take on seminars is like, wow, saturated. I, I mean, I like education. And if you have a seminar, put it out there, bro. Because I think I wish I would have had one like when there was only two people doing it. Everybody has something to say about something. Everybody wants to help, but they're definitely not going to do it for free, bro. They're going to charge you. And that's what Greg Glassman did. And a revenue stream actually ended up being funneled into the CrossFit brand. The seminar that he was teaching back then is now known as the CrossFit or the CF Coaches Certification Program. So he made his own certification. So here's, here's one thing that we can take away from, I guess, personal training certs or certifications, right? Greg Glassman, uh, College dropout just began making workouts for tactical fitness. People reached out to him and said, hey, I want to learn this. He started charging. He now has control over a certification process, which you cannot coach, call, 
or open a CrossFit box without having acquired a certain level in the CrossFit coaches certification program. So that's the kind of grasp you have older over a brand. So I guess my advice to anyone out here who's a fitness enthusiast, if you have an idea, if you're good at it and you can teach it, you can eloquently uh, discuss details about performance and getting better. If you can do this, if you're good at it, don't ever give it away for free. Yeah, that's why I said free seminar too to get you there, and then like you <laughs> charge after that, you upsell them, right? But yeah, <laughs> um, man, I'm telling you, man, that, that's a good that's a good idea. You know, like you know, what's the next big thing? Probably the mindset. But let's keep it rolling here. Let's actually get into a very important uh, piece of the CrossFit puzzle. That would be the CrossFit Games. So everybody's familiar with the Olympic Games. There's going to be Olympics this year. There's also an annual CrossFit Games where all the top performers of CrossFit, of the CrossFit community, so like the top 2%, they all come together and they compete and they say who is the best at exercising. So the, the CrossFit Games, long story short or short story long, is basically a chance for the top CrossFit performers to kind of get together and see who's the best at exercising. It's televised. It's also done over uh, internet, subscriptions. So uh, you're looking at a brand that now has a way of uh, driving an extra revenue stream, which is fucking brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Anyway, let's get into the history of the CrossFit Games. In 2007, the very first annual CrossFit Games were held in Aromas, California, on a small ranch owned by the family of games director Dave Castro, which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, for the initial games in 2007 and 2008, participation was open to anyone who made it to Aromas. So if you can fucking get there and you got some workout shoes and a bottle of water, you can play, which is kind of cool. Aroma? Aromas. Aromas, California. It's like out near like... Um, like Watsonville, like, hi, Watsonville, California, way, vamos a Watsonville, way, vamos a hacemos tacos, way, Watsonville. Have you ever been to Watsonville? I think so, but um, I thought you might have said me, Armona. I was like, Armona. Aromas. All right, so basically anybody that can show up with some tennis shoes and a water bottle, you can play in the CrossFit Games. Uh, the Games would also award an affiliate cup uh, to the group. Uh, from one CrossFit gym that had the best combined individual standings. In 2009, competitors had to qualify after over 100 athletes had shown up in 2008. Uh, the athletes earned an invitation through either placing high enough in the previous year or by placing in the top 10 of a worldwide set of qualifying events called regionals. Um, so they did some regionals beforehand, so you actually had to qualify and they were hosted at a few of the CrossFit gyms, so you actually had to make it out there. There were affiliates, and they were submitted. I believe it was online submissions in 2009. The CrossFit Games also added a separate set of team-based events for the Affiliate Cup, marking the first use of a designated team division with teams of four, two men, and two women. I don't think we need to dig too deep in the evolution of the CrossFit Games, but eventually 
you know, they would progress to like super regionals and it was all done online too. I, th- I think the only important fact or the important piece that we can pull out of this is how they created this online community, right? So now you have people coming and registering scores and registering their profiles. I believe it's a $25 charge, right? So you have, let's do the math on this, right? So annually, I think two times annually, you have people paying $25 to enter the open contest, which can help you qualify mm-hmm. for a regional contest. And everybody, like five, initially, I think it was like in the original format, it was like 5,000 people per area or per region. Now it's like fifteen to 20,000 people per region paying $25. Yeah. I mean, do the math on that shit. I'm not going to because I don't like to math. You do like the math, math. brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't like but, to math. Um, I like to move. Right. But do would the you math rather on that. be a CrossFit uh, champion like uh, Jason Khalifa, or would you rather have like a bench press world record? I'd rather be the CrossFit champion, to tell you the truth, because it's more of a celebration of of multiple skills, right? Olympic lifting. What about endurance. what about uh, what about a regional CrossFit champion or or a, a squat a squat world record? I think I would still land on the regional CrossFit champion, just because once again it's a it's a celebration of a combination of things. I don't take too much stock in in like okay, I can squat a ton of weight and that's it. I think. What about this? Last one. Last one. All you right. would be a freaking beast in CrossFit world that you have your own workout, or mm-hmm. uh, like name the Hector or the Oliveira, or would you rather be world record holder in bench, squat, and deadlift? You let's see, world record holder in bench, squat, and deadlift because it's now incorporating three lifts, right? So yeah, yeah, okay, okay. yeah. So now, <laughs> now it's incorporating the three big compound movements, Time. right? If, if if you're the world record holder of those three, then you're daddy. That's it, and I think that's the goal of everybody. Every man's life is to just be daddy, right? Yeah, I think from, <laughs> if you're looking at from an yeah. evolutionary standpoint and and how we want to reproduce, I think the goal is to be daddy. I just want to be daddy of everything. Well, let's keep it rolling here and get deeper into the psychology and also deeper into the characters behind the brand of CrossFit. We introduced a character named Dave Castro in the uh, uh, explanation of the CrossFit games. So let's give a little information on who this guy is because he's a major player nowadays. I believe he's their lead programmer now. So Dave Castro is from San Jose, California. He went to uh, Watsonville High School, (laughs) right? Nice. Uh, Attended Watsonville High School, way eighty, which uh, holds a eighty-five percent Mexican American demographic. So, despite his Mexican heritage, he still felt like an outsider because he did not speak Spanish. So, he played high school football. He was a wide receiver, uh, so that's cool. He looked like a wide receiver in nineteen ninety-seven. He dropped college, or he dropped out of college, to join the Navy. And it was because of the movie The Rock <laughs> with Nick Cage. <laughs> so that gives you wow. a so there's <laughs> so there that gives you an idea of uh, of how you get into the fitness industry, right? Another dropout. Hey, fitness industry will we will welcome all dropouts. Come on yeah. into the industry. Um, but yeah, he joined the Navy Stills because he was inspired by Nick Cage. He spent 13 years in the Navy. Intense Navy training sparked an interest and respect for athletes with incredible durability and endurance. He met a top climber, so a, uh, I guess one of the world's best climbers, uh, Mark Twight, and was introduced to the training style CrossFit through a climber, so a rock climber. Then he ended up pursuing a career at CrossFit headquarters. He met Greg Glassman, 
and then hatched the idea for the Woodstock of fitness. So these fuckers are trying to be rock stars, right? Woodstock of fitness. And pretty much from there, the rest is in the history books because Castro is still very active in CrossFit today. And you cannot YouTube or Google search CrossFit or CrossFit workouts without seeing this fucking Mexican dude's face. He looks like every every pothead high school burnout dropout uh, mixed with uh, Styles from Teen Wolf. But he was a Navy SEAL, mm. so that speaks mm. for something. Where do you land on Navy SEALs? At least, he's got, well, at least you got something going for you. You're right. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. So if we're going to talk about some I mean, major- I give him a pass to you for sure. Like, I, I think we should talk some shit. Like, you know what? From this point, I think I got to split. I got to... It's like I'm on the fence with it now. I think I feel like I want to talk shit about CrossFit a little bit. Like, you know, do it. I yeah, can, I can. I can shit talk. If we're gonna, yeah. <laughs> if we're gonna talk some shit about CrossFit, I will first start with it's not a sport. It's a. It's a contest. Boom. It's a contest. Boom. It's not. A, it's not a sport. You're exercising. You're trying to be the best at exercising. It's not a sport. You're not really playing anything. You're just kind of competing with your physical limits, right? And you can make the argument, well, technically, if you're playing football, you're competing with your physical limits of yourself, too, because you got to be able to run faster than the guy next to you. No, there's... Who's that guy? That's a good impression, right? <laughs> well, technically, that's my well-technically guy. I don't. If, if you're playing a sport, right, football, there's a game, there's a ball involved, and it's one style of play that everybody agrees to come together on, wear the equipment, you know, it's, it's unless you're the Patriots, you cheat, but everybody's there to, to play a game. But CrossFit, there's also an area of, um, I guess, uh, subjectivity uh, in regard to your judges, right? The judges can no-rep you if they don't think you go deep enough on a squat, Right, but it's, I don't think it's a sport, man. I think it's more of a competition. They compete. It's definitely a mm-hmm. competition. You're competing, but you're not. Mm-hmm. You're not really playing a game. There's no game there. It's just mm-hmm. pure competition. And we like to call them athletes. I don't think they're athletes. I think they're mm-hmm. competitors. Granted, they do move their bodies. I would say more than baseball players. I don't know. Somebody asked me like, what's the difference between you know circuit training and CrossFit? I, I really the only thing I could tell them is that. You know, CrossFit was, uh, you, you know, it's um, it's for time. So, like, you're trying to – you might have a time of 60 seconds or 90 seconds in your circuit, but it's different because you're trying to complete a um, set amount of reps in a certain time and try to get the best time. That That's, like, what I had for them. But but I would like to hear more about CrossFit if there's real science behind the, the chain of the movements. And, you know, I'm into that. So, like, if there was shit I was going to talk, I, I would just be like, man – I'll be like, whatever, you crossfitter lanes. I, I mean, it's more like a cult. Like, I don't I don't know. Maybe it's like the, the Church of Scientology. I, I don't want to get into it, but it's like people go in, and I just, like, I'm not going to, again, turn my nose up at it. But you, you said it yourself. It's like a contest. Like, I like watching the dunk contest. I like watching the three-point shootout this, this last weekend on the All-Star game. Um, but I haven't seen a dunk contest be a sport. The sport's basketball. Maybe exactly. If, maybe if you were. You know, so you're competing against yourself. I get it. We can. I like that fact. When you compete against yourself, you can call yourself an athlete. I get it. You know, we we'll take a little bit of the benefit there. But I feel like if we're gonna do uh, the CrossFit Games justice, let's talk about the first winners in 2007. James Fitzgerald, who knows who that guy is? I don't. And Jolie Gentry won men and women. <laughs> Just kidding. And then in 2008, Jason Kalipa, San Jose's own, uh, won the CrossFit Games for the men, and Katie Matter. Won for the women. 2009, Miko Silo won for the men. Uh, and then Tanya Wagner won for the women. And then in 2010, Graham Holmberg 
Juan for the men and Kristen Clever. So, or Kristen Cleaver, sorry. So for those of you who are interested in Googling them, go ahead, check out how the evolution of the CrossFit body. I think for the most part, CrossFit kind of celebrates the average, right? If you're, if you're average, if you're good average across the board and you could do all things kind of like middle of the road, but if you're the average fitness body, then, then you're going to perform well. But there was some evolution. Once again, the community, the competition, everything leads to uh, CrossFit being bought by Reebok in 2010. Um, So in 2010, CrossFit is building to the height of its popularity. Uh, The online community and infrastructure of affiliated gyms is buzzing. And here's the funny part. Glassman settles with his wife for $16 million over control of CrossFit. So he pretty much just laces his wife with $16 million, right? (laughs) Which is actually, that sounds like a lot of money. It is a lot of fucking money. Like $16 million is a lot. So I'm I'm pretty sure she's happy with it. But wait, there's more. I feel like coming off of that, Glassman is like any other guy. He needs to cover divorce, like stress and strains on his bank account. (laughs) He's like, damn, man, I got to pay my alimony, bro. So he puts CrossFit on the market. And then Reebok steps up and brokers a deal that would place CrossFit on television, a massive apparel deal. And right around, if you if you can think back, right around 2010, right, is when people started wearing like, like actual like fitness, like branded clothes to work out in. Because think about what you normally work out in beforehand, like just an old shirt and some old sweats, right? But then right around that turning, that tipping of the scale, like 2008, 2009, 2010, you had like Lululemon, you had like the CrossFit apparel. So all this fitness apparel started just flushing and flooding the retail stores. So I feel like CrossFit plays a big role in that, right? So the shoes, equipment, accessories, merchandising lines, everything's released, right? Deals are brokered under the partnership that entitles top athletes to sponsorships. So your winners that I just listed, they all got sponsored. So the deal initially was only written and guaranteed for $2 million. So he definitely made the right move to buy his wife out. And I think there's a lesson to be learned here. If you have a business or if you have an idea and uh, you need to cut your your divorced wife out of then <laughs> pay whatever she wants right because uh he spent 16 million to cut his wife out of the the brand um and he took two million dollars to partner with reebok but today the brand is worth ready for this four billion dollars and that's from a forbes.com article crossfit is not so stupid now uh, let me tell yeah you right? it's, it's not stupid at all dude how do we get into that how do we cut into that do i have to marry glassman and divorce him give me some of that i'll take 16 million dollars <laughs> fuck though but think of it think of how much of a winner this guy is so his dad's his a rocket scientist how much how much does his <laughs> wife weigh shit dude i don't know i bet that 16 million laced her to gain several pounds uh that's cut how out- much he lost CrossFit, CrossFit helped him lose 150 pounds. <laughs> yeah, right. 150 pounds of divorced wife. I think Greg Glassman is the real winner here of the fitness industry, right? His dad was a rocket scientist that would say stuff, well, technically, if you have a point, you need to be able to replicate it and duplicate it over multiple times. If there's a point to be made, you need to replicate <laughs> <laughs> that's what he asked his dad how to hang clean he's like this yeah. is what you gotta do <laughs> but it's impossible <laughs> I think he calls his I think he calls his dad every day and he's like hey dad I need I need I need to turn my phone up because I can't hear you over the fucking four billion dollar brand that I built you dick 
<laughs> I think that's what happens. <laughs> I think he's just rubbing that shit in his dad's face. Did rocket science ever make you $4 billion, you fucking weirdo? <laughs> I'm rich, bitch. Yeah, pretty much. And he's like, how's, how's mom? You didn't divorce her. Like I divorced my wife. <laughs> Look at me. I'm rich. <laughs> oh, I can just see this. I can just see this guy just uh, trolling his dad on a day to day basis. Anyhow, uh, Reebok didn't do it on their own. Uh, Reebok needed a person that they could hitch their wagons to. They needed something to make their brand pop. And with that, a prodigal son is born by the name of Rich Frowning Jr., Tennessee native, kind of guy next door looking, average height, weight. I think he's listed at like 5'9", 195 pounds. At the time, he was in his early 20s, so he's young. He's Christian. He's a good-looking guy, better-looking than any of the previous winners. Because all them other guys are just fugly. Good looking. Well, he was ripped. This dude was jacked. You, you know, you've seen Rich Froning before, right? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Guy's jacked. He's marketable. And the other thing they did was they attached a comeback story to his uh, to his uh, marketability. Uh, so he didn't win the 2010 games, right? He lost the 2010 games. But he was leading or he was going into the final days as the leader of the pack, but he had an incident or he had a situation where there was an event that fucked him up. It was the rope climb event and he had never climbed a rope before, even though he'd done all kinds of other things growing up in the South country boy, never climbed a rope. So he gets to this rope climb and he just freaking shits himself. I have a little video with some audio that I'm going to play for you. So let me cue that up real quick. Say, say Rich was in first place. His last event was a rope climb. So I, Jumped up on the rope in the final event and uh, went to try to pull, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't good. It's a little uh, my arms are. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, don't know what I'm doing with the legs. Is he cramping up? Yeah, sorry, it's buffering. It's it's moving slow. The guys are just flying up and down the rope. The guy that's in second at the time, Graham Holmberg, is just climbing the rope like it's nothing. Climbed the rope one time. The music is like soap opera. Started coming down and then fell from the top. His fall came as a crushing blow to his first first place standing and his identity. Mm. Although he finished second overall, Rich left the games feeling defeated. I'd made CrossFit uh, Mm. You know, it was... um, Did Widow Baby fall down? Just kidding. Fell off my rope. I fell off my rope. Are you just trying to get a workout in, bro? Like, damn. I, I, you know what? I take it back, dude. CrossFit's dope, I guess, you know? I mean, you got to label it, package it up somehow. So there you go. Yeah. That's what they did. A beautiful job. So that's that's what uh, that's what Reebok did. They took uh, Rich Froning's story of not being able to climb the rope and actually falling out of first place. And they positioned him when, when, Cross, uh, sorry, when Reebok purchased CrossFit. They positioned Rich Froning as their go-to guy on all of their marketing, everything. And they made him, they built him up to be this, you know, the, the poster child. In 2011, he would win his first CrossFit Games. And then check this out. Five straight years, the guy won uh, every single CrossFit Games uh, between 2011 and 2000. Uh, sorry, 2016. So 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. 2013, 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. So he ran from 2011 to 2015. And I don't know. That yeah. seems that seems a little suspect, though, right? That's their poster boy. That's who they're coming I mean, to market with. We get it, dude. Right? We get it. You're that a seems... douchebag. I could have told you that by your haircut, bro. Damn. <laughs> that seems a little <laughs> suspect, right? Reebok's like, all right, we want this guy to be our po- poster child. 
but uh, he's yeah. going to win five straight. And it, it actually hasn't been repeated. But this year, actually, a gentleman by the name of Matthew Frazier will attempt to tie the five uh, straight CrossFit uh, games record. So uh, tune in, man. If you, if you guys are interested in this shit, find out when the CrossFit games are being played. It's easy. Just Google that shit and watch. Watch uh, Matt Frazier. Who would you rather be, Tom Brady or Matt Frazier? Tom Brady. I'd rather be an NFL quarterback for sure because they're so protected. I see. It's just a career. It's a career thing. That's all it is. (laughs) Hell no. All right. I think another. I'm glad you said that, Hector. That's why we see eye to eye right now, bro. That's right. And I think another another thing to cover about the the rise of that of the CrossFit athlete and the uh, fitness apparel, the marriage of Reebok Mm -hmm. and and exercise and fitness and gyms, or what's worth mentioning. Is the ladies' rise in CrossFit? Uh, we'll go over their winners. 2011, Annie Thor's daughter. 2012, Annie Thor's daughter again. 2013, Samantha Briggs. 2014, Camille LeBlanc. And I want everyone that's listening to pop these names into their Google search bar, hit enter, <laughs> and you're going to find bodies that are not only super fit, but they also got big thighs and big asses, dude. And tell me what's in right now as far as the body appearance for women. Big thighs, big asses. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm going to drop this right now. CrossFit is directly responsible for big asses and big thighs being desirable in the female community right now. Because of the fitness apparel, right? Because of like the rise of Lululemon, are they see-through? Are they not see-through? I don't know. Let me bend over and look in the mirror to see if my pants are see-through. But big asses, big thighs, it's all thanks to CrossFit. Well, you know, again, I think I'd rather even be an NFL referee than Matt Frazier. But that's just my opinion. Uh, I just feel that as far as what you just said, I never thought about that. That's true. It almost it almost brings you back to the dark side of CrossFit. Like, ah, now I see why there's a problem. But who says it's a problem? I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just still mind blown that that you made that connection, bro. Like that's a good link. Yeah. Uh, think wow. about think I about mean, like really, the fitness body. Right, bro. Yeah, think of the fitness body pre. I mean, I think big butts have been in since uh, like Sir Mix a Lot. I think they. Oh yeah, there you go. I think I think since so Sir, Sir Mix a Lot was responsible for crossfit oh my goodness it's all coming full circle man i think sir mix a lot was responsible for- <laughs> i like crossfit and i cannot lie so uh with that said i guess we can finish this or close this off or put a bow on it by saying that the 2020 crossfit games will be held saturday october 10th and run through wednesday november 11th tune in check it out there's going to be some big thighs some big booties on men's and women's so you get to pick your choice. However, Rich Froning will not be in attendance. He retired several years ago. He is definitely old like me, has kids and shit, runs his own business. Hold but on, he's still hold pretty on, active. I think on, he still Hector. competes. Old like me, my ass dog. Let me ask you this, bro. You said it's only $25 <laughs> to join, right, or to try to qualify? Yeah. So it's in October 10th this year. If you had to get into that contest, how far do you think you would make it? Depends what kind of sauce I'm on, baby. How much, how how geared up I am. I want to say, wouldn't you have to? Wouldn't you have to think that you could win it? Like I, otherwise I wouldn't enter. It's like if I enter, I feel like I'm gonna win this bitch. You feel me? And if if you know you're just entering it for a different goal, then that's fine. But I feel like what is the places like first through ten, whatever, first second third gets a medal. Yeah. Are you walking home with a t-shirt or what? It's complicated now because because you can open twenty five dollars. You enter the online open. 
and they they do challenges. Actually, anybody who's listening, if you want to give yourself a fitness challenge, do the CrossFit Open. They do them two times a year. Go to the CrossFit Games website, register for the Open. They release workouts via the website and via YouTube. Uh, so they're very easy to access and then challenge yourself. But if yeah. if I don't think I'd make it out of the Open, man. I, I just... I'm just not there physically right now. I feel that it's um yeah, I see. I feel that. I feel hey. that right now then, like you said, it's not a sport, but it's definitely bragging rights. If that's you're right. bored and you're super in shape and you want some bragging rights, that's all you. It's like, oh, look at me. I can bench 400 pounds. Oh, I can squat 675. I just pulled uh, 780 pounds. I still think you could have all the bragging rights you want. So that's that to me is a good thing about it. What's his name's dad who's the rocket science scientist? He could probably say, well, I walked on the moon. <laughs> you know, but like <laughs> uh, that fool can't break that shit. Well, technically, I put a guy on the moon, son. You didn't do that shit. I'll fucking kick your ass. You came out of my nutsack, you little bastard. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah, Fuck, dude. Anyhow, that's cool. Because uh, I, I don't even know how I would stand with it, man. I did, I did one workout. I remember I was toast. I was like, oh my gosh, dude. All right, man. So let's keep it rolling and let's get into the big topic of discussion here, as far as. CrossFit being good or bad for you. I think that's something that we need to handle, answer, and put to rest right here, right now. So uh, let's start this off actually by uh, reading some of the negative press, right? Fake news and fake pull-ups is what I like to call Mm. negative press surrounding uh, CrossFit. So let's talk injury, right? Uh, Critics have accused CrossFit of using dangerous movements and inappropriate levels of intensity. And allowing underqualified individuals to become CrossFit trainers. And this was in response to uh, criticisms. CrossFit Inc. claims CrossFit is relatively safe, even when performed with poor technique. But it is safer and more effective when performed with good technique. So there's that. And just real quick, what does that sound like to you? Those, those phrases and sentences. Doesn't it sound like you could say that about any fucking thing regarding fitness? It's the it's the normal bullshit, you know. Like I like to, I like to hear the about CrossFit when it gets negative press. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Somebody's talking shit. Oh, it's inappropriate, and I'm like, kind of like siding with CrossFit. Like, oh, well, what's inappropriate? Oh yeah, blah blah. blah. Appropriate levels of uh, intensity, shoo. Yeah. And then even when they're advocating for it, like, oh, it's poor technique. I'm like, that's bullshit. Shut up. So like, it's always like bringing it back to the middle, man. Like, you don't have to lie to kick it, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Even a sport like marathon running, which uh, everybody does. Soccer moms across the world do marathon. Everybody does a marathon. That shit's dangerous. Fucking running 25 miles. Mm -hmm. It comes down to training for it, right? Learning how to progress in a movement or a level of performance. And that's what all fitness is. So you just got to learn the right way to do shit. There's a wrong way and a right way to do shit. If you do things the wrong way, you're going to fuck yourself up. That's just what it comes down to. And a lot of people don't make that connection. It's with CrossFit. It's with powerlifting. It's with sitting on a fucking machine and putting the pin in the wrong place and trying to lift it. You can pull a fucking, you can pop a hammy or some shit. Come on. Mm -hmm. So here's an interesting thing right here. A study published in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research entitled CrossFit-based high-intensity power training improves maximal aerobic fitness and body composition. So they followed 54 participants for 10 weeks of CrossFit training. The study said that a notable percentage of our subjects, 16%, did not complete the training program and return for follow-up testing. So they just gave up. 
The author said this may call into question the risk-benefit ratio for each extreme training programs. So in 2014, CrossFit Inc. filed a lawsuit against the National Strength and Conditioning Association, or the NSCA, who also has a certification, right? So they filed a lawsuit against them, alleging that the data were false and were intended to scare participants away from CrossFit. The NSCA denies CrossFit's allegations, but has issued an erratum acknowledging that the data were incorrect, the injury data. So they incorrectly reported the injury data. And you have to ask yourself, why would a company like the NSCA incorrectly report injury data? Because guess what? Personal trainers are spending money on another certification and not theirs, right? You have a personal trainer saying, oh, I should get a, I should get a cert. Well, CrossFit's popular right now. I should go learn how to do CrossFit and teach it. I'm going to invest my money there and not with the NSCA. So the NSCA is like, okay, well, we're looking at where people are spending their certification money. Oh, shit, we're losing a lot. And it's probably because more people are buying a CrossFit cert. So they do a fucking study and they say it's bad for you. That's where all this starts. People have to realize that if somebody's saying it's bad for you, chances are it might be bad for you if you do it wrong. But you have to also consider the source. If it's a competitor that's saying it's bad for you, well, then they have their vested financial, I guess, uh, reasons for doing it. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of half-truths, half-baked theories and people with uh, their own personal agenda and companies with their own agenda to try to smear CrossFit. And CrossFit is dangerous. So is running outside. You can get hit by a car. Shit's dangerous for you. So is running long distances. So is just lifting a dumbbell. It's dangerous. So the court issued uh, 17 sanctions against the NSCA. So CrossFit won this one. Fucking that guy Glassman's just winning all over the place. Uh, Writing that the organization did not have a commercial motive to falsify data. uh, Well, the the judge is probably doing his workouts. And they had published the false data knowingly to disparage CrossFit and had misled the public. CrossFit was awarded $74,000 in legal fees, allowing to continue investigating the NSCA if the neutral party analysis of the NSCA serves servers turn up any other further misconduct. CrossFit may file an amended complaint for further sanctioning and compensation for lost revenue. In May 2019, CrossFit Inc. contacted the Orthopedic Journal of Sports Medicine with a demand for the retraction of another paper published in the journal earlier that month. The paper states that CrossFit participants are more likely to be injured and to seek medical treatment compared with participants in traditional weightlifting, which is stupid to say. It's completely stupid to say something like that because injuries only happen if you don't know how to fucking do something. Anyhow... That's just one of the things. Another thing that hit the CrossFit with negative press was uh, exertional rhabdomyolysis, which is a condition that happens that can cause kidney failure. It's when muscles just start to fall apart from exertion. Damn, dude. Rhabdo, man. That's like, that sounds like as bad as the vaping epidemic, bro. Like, it's almost like they're going to like outlaw CrossFit if they're going to keep doing that. Some states you can do it. Some states you can't. Uh, yeah. Either way, you got to like you got to do your CrossFit 50 feet away from the building. You know, yeah. it's like rhabdo, dude. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, really, bro? Like CrossFit's causing like rhabdo death, instant death, bro. He fucking yeah. hand cleaned and then passed out. 
you know what's yeah you know what's funny is actually not initially, funny. and it's not funny, okay, it funny. what's fucking what's interesting is crossfit embraced the whole stigma of rabdo they created a character called rabdo the clown once again what? pop that into your google machine yeah a lot of people actually have it as their gym logo it's it's normally a uh, person hooked up to like a dialysis machine in a clown outfit or somebody throwing up in a bucket in a clown so in a clown suit so that's uh that's rabdo the clown but uh to um, oh wow yeah but to I guess to to put a, a bow on the whole ex, uh, exertional rhabdomyolysis is you can do it doing anything. It doesn't have to be a CrossFit workout. It's just you exert yourself too much, which actually is amplified. Right, the effects of rhabdomyolysis are amplified if you uh, are stricken with alcoholism. So if you're an alcoholic or you drink a lot, that can that can cause uh, kidney failure through ex- exertion. And if you're just of poor condition. So rhabdo is definitely something or rhabdomyolysis is something that you you definitely want to look out for if you're doing any kind of fitness program. If you do too much of it, there's a chance you get rhabdomyolysis. Just fucking be careful. Here's here's my side of the debate after like going over the negative press and all that other shit that, that is out there. If you're going into CrossFit, make sure you get some one-on-one time with somebody who knows their shit, who knows what they're doing, who's certified and proven, someone that can actually lead you through it and put mm-hmm. your ego aside and learn quality movement. If it hurts, don't fucking do 30 of mm-hmm. them, right? If it hurts, find out why it hurts, find out how to make it stop hurting. And then you could do 30 yeah. of them. Make sure the movement feels good. If doing a clean hurts, Stop doing the clean. Find out why it hurts first and talk to somebody about how to fix it. If you have never ran five miles, don't try to fucking just go out and run five miles. I'm not going to be the personal trainer that sits here and says, you can do it. Just challenge yourself. Just keep going. Do that. That's how personal training develops a negative stigma. It's not about you can do it. It's more about you will do it if, right? You will do it if. You can do it just inserts this i guess miscommunication of what people can and can't do at the moment that they enter the movement right and i want to stop that let's say you will do it if if someone can't do something we have to be honest and say you just can't do it right now but you will be able to do it if we do this this and this so if you're going to do crossfit yes it's good for you do it have fun with it but learn how to do the movements in a way that's effective and it's not going to hurt go into it do it if you don't want to do CrossFit, then don't do it. Because if you go into something not really wanting to do it, just because you hear people are going to uh, help you lose a ton of weight and you're going to get in the best shape of your life, but you really don't want to, don't fucking do it. So uh, that's my advice. I think CrossFit can be extremely dangerous, just like anything else. But is it good for you? Hell yes. It's good because it gets your body moving. Also, there are the benefits of the community. They hold each other accountable. The, you can compete with yourself, you can compete with others, and you guys can all shoot the shit and talk about, you know, the CrossFit games after it happens. It just keeps you in the fitness mindset. So yes, Hector Oliveira on Talking Some Muscle is telling you CrossFit is good for you. Don't listen to the fake news. Do the fake pull-ups. What about you, Cece? What's your final words on whether CrossFit is good or bad for you? Damn, Coach, you said it so good. I feel like I should leave it at that. Um, I always find myself just saying to everybody I train with, uh, for, uh, train one-on-one, I just say, do what you can. That's the plan. Uh, and I feel like it's the most powerful for me because if you're not doing what you can, then you're obviously cheating yourself. But like, you know, if you could, if you could go one more rep, go ahead. If you could do another one, 
uh, go ahead. If you can lift heavier, let's go. Like, you know, get off the couch. Uh, if you can, like that, I feel like if you, if you do what you can, that's the plan because you don't leave yourself no exits. So, if, cause if you start going into what you can do, you're going to be doing some rhabdo yoga, bro. You definitely have to respect the urge to do something good for your body and you have to celebrate it. But one thing that we are definitely going to respect today is the certified Talking Some Muscle top 10 gym brands in the United States. So we're going to count down the top 10 gym brands that Talking Some Muscle put the stamp of approval, the uh, flex of approval on. And this is where you should invest your money in the next uh, fitness fiscal year. Uh, just like uh, Reebok bought a gym, you guys are going to go out and buy a gym and you're going to see massive returns in the uh, thighs and buttocks area. Okay, so, so, so <laughs> yeah. I did this top 10 countdown, not of, uh, I'm not looking for specialty gyms. I'm actually talking brands that are out there because there are a lot of one off gyms that are fucking awesome and we respect them. They are on a, yeah. they're, they're in a category of their own, right? But these are branded gyms. So these are name brands that you see and hear everywhere, all right? And the countdown is going to start mm. with number 10, Planet Fitness. Uh, what I like about it is the Planet. low. Lame. <laughs> oh, shit. It's good. <laughs> well, number 10 is a, is a spot you fall on. And here's my personal opinion about Planet Fitness. There's a lot to change, right? Me, with where I'm at in my fitness uh, pathway and with where I am in my physical, uh, uh, I guess, expectations of myself and performance. You just um, want some peace and quiet, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I just want to not move. No, I need barbells. I need Olympic weights. I need pull-up bars. I need chalk. I need, I need shit for my... Uh, workout exercise needs but Planet Fitness what it does is it introduces a low price point to the uh, fitness community it introduces an access point to people that are intimidated by gyms and I think it's important just like our philosophy with this podcast is we're not going to bark at you about um, what you should be doing from uh, point A to point Z in your fitness journey. We just want to help spark some motivation and get you into a gym. And I feel like Planet Fitness encompasses that because I, f- I feel like, you know, how marijuana is a gateway drug they taught us in the D.A.R.E. program. Well, talking some mon- muscle is saying Planet Fitness is the date, uh, <laughs> the date rape drug. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They take advantage of you with a cheap time. You know what? I tell you, you hit it right there at that second one. There was no mistake, dude. Because I feel you, they're not trying to sell you any kind of route. They're not trying to sell you a route. They're trying to sell you the result. So it's like, whatever I can do, let me get you for you. Which is good, too. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Planet Fitness hits the market with that. They they definitely do a good job at just getting people in the door of a gym and then being that gateway drug, so to speak, of the fitness community. Because from Planet Fitness... You'll start, you know, maybe following the website, maybe following the Instagram page, and then you get other fitness things in your feed. Then you start thinking, hey, I might want to try that. Then you find yourself doing Spartan races and other shit, building a community. So, but that's why we place them at number 10 on the list. It is the gateway drug of the fitness industry, Planet Fitness, number 10. Coming in at number nine, I think a lot of us have seen this one, maybe even been members of this gym, 24 Hour Fitness. And it just all comes down to locations, locations. I think they're the heaviest hitter on this list as far as what they offer where. They have over 430 clubs nationwide. 
However, there's a lot of disparity in gym design from club to club. I don't, I feel like they could come to market with a little bit more of a specialized approach and uh, something that sets the edge in the fitness industry because uh, believe it or not, 24-hour fitness was the trendsetter, you know, or remove us 20 years ago. Everybody wanted to be like 24-hour fitness. <clears throat> Nowadays, 24-hour fitness is playing a little bit of catch-up in regard to what they bring to market from uh, equipment. But I feel like a price point, they hit the market with a decent enough price point Oh, yeah. That's what I started off at, 24-hour fitness. You know, I, I, I like it. I like it a lot, you know. And uh, I just make sure you had to get at least super sport because you got to go between different clubs. And I like the basketball court. So, yeah. All right, 24-hour fitness. You are number nine on our top ten gym brands in the United States of America. Coming in at number eight. Anytime Fitness. Now, here's what I like about Anytime Fitness. It's cleaner than most 24-hour fitness gyms. It's a little smaller, a little higher price point, so it's going to filter out the heavy, you know, brush hour workout crowds. And it's a little bit safer from a 24-hour uh, access club. Uh, it's a keyed access, so you have a special key on your key ring. And the only way you get in is by zapping that key ring on the door and the door lets you in and it locks behind you. So one thing that 24-hour fitness, I guess in comparison to anytime fitness, is uh, it's open 24 hours, right? So you get your you get your usual suspects, but suspects nonetheless in a 24-hour fitness at like the uh, witching hour. And let's say you're a, a, a guy who wakes up early or a gal who has to get in at 4 a.m. You might be getting the tail end of some uh, some crackheadish activity at a 24-hour fitness sauna or uh, jacuzzi. Never been in one. I heard of it. But since you described that, yeah, that's fine. I, I'm the kind of guy who does get in there at 4 in the morning. So I noticed that, uh, you know, that's a big factor. Uh, franchising seems interesting right now. I'm like, dang, can you do it for 50 grand? Let me see what's up. You can probably go in on it with some partners. So uh, let's see what's up. Let's see what's up. All right. Anytime fitness number eight coming in at number seven. This is where we get into the luxury brands. Equinox, super expensive. I would say that's why it lands so far down the list. It is uh, number seven for the fact that you're normally hitting the market here with a hundred sixty to a two hundred twenty dollar monthly price point, and at that rate, you might as well join a fucking country club. But uh, Equinox, I feel it's worth the luxury bill. Some of them have uh, valet parking, so if uh, if you if you're running a little late for a class, you drop your car off with valet. Beautiful fitness facilities. I don't think anybody in there wears nothing but the very expensive Lululemon. <laughs> uh, but Equinox, yeah, if you're looking for luxury gym, yeah, that's where you want to spend your money. Hey, man, again, I think that's a great gym, what I've seen online. And you're right, it's uh, you know it's up there. Um, I like I like the one over here in Mission Beach. There's one called Fit, Fit Athletic, dude. It's just, I think it blows my mind. It's 130 a month, though. But you're looking at the beach, you're looking at the sand, and it's like three stories, sauna, pool turf that's are important stuff to me uh training outdoors on the on the roof right next to the beach is like amazing uh i don't know i know there's equinox locations like that but i can't tell you because i've never been in one so i mean i think i mean like been in the front door but just to meet up with somebody you know equinox you landed at number seven on the talking some muscle top 10 gym brands in america keeping it rolling mm -hmm. coming in at number six Club Sport Renaissance, another luxury 
uh, gym. They offer all the luxury, but more of the specialty uh, with, uh, I guess if you want to call it a more advanced functional training area. If you've never been to a club sport renaissance functional training area, these things are beautiful. Tons of platforms, big turf area. You can hold a fucking flag football tournament on their turf. Um, Beautiful locations. Once again, luxury, super bougie, but it normally hits the market at about half the price of Equinox. Dude, they have beer in their lobby. You can go get a workout and then drink some beer and get yourself your uh, case of rhabdomyolysis all in one spot. Yeah, um, those things go well together. Club Sport Renaissance, you land at number six on the top ten gym brands in America. All right, coming in at number five. Now, this is where we group a couple things together. Uh, number five, basically any and all fitness studios near you. So we're talking Orange Theories. We're talking Title Boxing. We're talking Barry's Boot Camp. We're talking Soul Cycle. We're talking TRX. We're talking F45. But most importantly, we're talking Grinder Gym San Diego. They land right at number five, baby. Join any fitness studio, specialty yeah. studio new, near you. And here's what you're going to get. You're going to get the experience of the community. You're going to get coaches and trainers that are knowledgeable and can help you get through a workout passionate like say say you're going to get a lot of value and you're going to hit that that price point that normally lands you know right in between uh your club sport and your equinox it'll be right in there but here's the cool thing is you get personal training right on the spot so you're going to be working with a certified personal trainer it's not just hey we're going to open up our gym doors and then you know fucking go mess around unless you want to spend thousands of dollars on a personal trainer then we can help you yeah. one-on-one. But you get some one-on-one help. You're going to get group training help. I'll say, say, what are the benefits of joining a fitness studio like Grinder Gym San Diego? You know, sometimes uh, they're not uh, so constrained with corporate policy that they can't create uh, almost a family. Like you said, community is so big. It's like if you get a gym that is a bunch of old Navy SEAL guys, you're going to get some training that's going to be pumping out People who go there is going to be pumping out Navy SEAL quality stuff. So you get a, a gym that's a bunch of football former athletes. You're going to find a, a – I call them boutique or gourmet fitnesses. We have come over there and a product that's coming out of there might not be so watered down or mainstream. And, you know, a lot of times you're not going to get the gimmicks. Like you're not going to get the bullshit. They're going to cut the tape because they, they need to compete with big gyms. So they're going to just try to add value by giving you the – just the real like uh, – they're not going to fluff it up or, you know, they don't have to make sales. They have to make a living. So, well, there it is as eloquently put, uh, spoken from the lips of someone who has, uh, lived the life of a fitness studio coach, uh, from his lips to your ears, number five, grinder gym and all of the fitness studios near you. If you're near grinder gym and you haven't joined yet, run on in. If you have a fitness studio opening up by your favorite supermarket, get in there, get yourself a membership. All right. Moving down the list. Number four, any CrossFit gym near you. So here's why I say, here's why I put CrossFit slightly in front of fitness studios. Pretty much uh, CrossFit is the granddaddy of them all when it comes to community style gym. Uh, It's second to none in in regards to the the backing of the fitness community and and, uh, I guess offering of fitness community they bring to the table. So you're going to have the support of about $4 billion. Not only that, they have the, uh, so the CrossFit gyms will hold their open uh, contest. So you can compete in club. You can also compete online with the open. So you're not competing with 15,000 other people and just to kind of see where you stack up and how the workouts do. And you may surprise yourself. And I think that's a beautiful thing in 
your own fitness journey, being able to surprise yourself every now and then, being able to come to the table and get your workout on and realize that shit, you can do some amazing things with your body and CrossFit gyms offer that. But first you got to find a CrossFit box. And then once you go in there, ask tons and tons of questions. So CrossFit is landing at number four on the Talking Some Muscle top 10 gym brands in America. Keeping it rolling. Number three, Fitness SF. Now this is another luxury brand, but here's the thing. It's about a $90 to $99 per month price point. Uh, But the reason why these are so awesome is because they get it. They get what's going on in the fitness industry. I believe one of them is boasting 30 squat racks in their at their newest location in San Francisco. I think it's a gym that gets it. It's also a gym that keeps it on the luxury side, and they're dropping gyms everywhere. They're going to be experiencing some massive growth, so I just want to put the Fitness SF brand out there. All right, coming in at number two, we got Crunch Fitness. What do you know about Crunch Fitness, Cece? I mean, I heard about it, man. It's nice and, uh, you know, $10 a month, I think. Or no, that's Chews. But I think, I think Crunch is, you know, it's up there. It's got that, I think, purple and gold or something, fists, Crunch. Yep. I just thought uh, it was another gym. But, uh, so here's, I thought here's, it was like a Planet Fitness meets 24. Well, here's, here's why Crunch Fitness is up there, right? Because there are two types of brands in the Crunch Fitness. There's your signature brand. And what you're talking about right now is their franchise brand. So they actually offer a chance for you to buy into the franchise brand that's supported by the signature brand. Now, your signature brand is definitely more luxury. So you get two faces of crunch. You get luxury, and you also get the franchise brand, which is going to offer the low price point of 10 to $20 per month. And then the luxury or the signature price point is going to be between about $50 and $70 per month. But what you get, and the reason why Crunch Fitness lands so high on our top 10 gym brands in America is they get it. They've been setting the edge in the fitness industry as far as what a gym should have from an equipment standpoint and what a gym should have from a class offering standpoint. So you get two of the best flavors of the fitness industry, the community and the modalities. And you're going to get people that actually care about what their gyms have inside of them from a results-driven standpoint. So that's what I like about Crunch Fitness. Plus, you can own your own crunch. So there you go. Boom. I didn't know that. So, yeah. But what's number one now? So right now would be a good time as any to give some honorable mentions. You mentioned uh, Choose Fitness. They're going to get an honorable mention here on the on the Talking Some Muscle Top 10 Gym Brands. I would say a little more consistency in the brand is what I would like to see as far as equipment variation. Um, I would say also um, we need to give them a little more time to evolve. They got some good little gimmicks in there like a cardio theater. But I think everybody knows how Say and I feel about fitness gimmicks. I mean, ultimately, if people are coming in and moving, it's a good thing. But just got to give them a little more time. Uh, another one would be City Sports. Uh, they're popping up all over the place. A little honorable mention to City Sports. Good brand. They keep things clean. Once again, a little more advanced in their equipment variation. Uh, what about you, Say? So you want to drop any uh, honorable mentions here that we didn't cover? Uh, I mean, I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize. Uh, I don't know what number one is right now. So I don't I just want to save that. I don't want to give it out the bag. But right. I did mention already EOS Fitness and Gold's Gym, which to me are the leading the way. Yeah, EOS Fitness, Gold's Gym for sure. I feel like uh, Gold's is is definitely one that is a great is it's the granddaddy of them all. You're right. Gold's Gym has been there for a while. But here's the thing about Gold's: I feel like they kind of lost their branding 
as far as a bodybuilding gym, right? Most people that go into a Gold's Gym go into it just for bodybuilding. And uh, talking some muscle is not about just bodybuilding, right? Which is why they didn't make my top 10 list. We don't want to hitch all of our wagons to just one modality or one style of lifting or one philosophy. And I feel like Gold's Gym over-embraced the bodybuilding community at the start of their branding. And when you over-embrace one community, you end up falling short of getting people that want to just take a spin class getting people that want to see some turf in their gyms even though golds may be evolving and getting there the stigma is and the logo is what's the golds logo it's some jacked guy with tons of weight right and i feel like that stigma kind of pushes a little bit of the demographic away so while i personally i love gold's gym I don't have a problem with uh, what they come to market. Once again, if you're moving your body, you're moving your body. But they're just not going to hit. They'll probably land somewhere 11 or 12 on our list. They're just not going to hit the top 10. Talking some muscle gym brands in America. But that's a good call out. Gold's Gym is is the, uh, I want to say that's the trendsetter. And some bodybuilders call it the Mecca. But that's the problem is bodybuilders call the Gold's Gym out there in Venice the Mecca. Not everybody in the fitness industry calls it that. Just bodybuilders. And as soon as they turn that corner... And get everyone to call that spot the Mecca, boom, they can probably shoot right up to number one. But they're not number one. I'm going to let you know who is number one on the top 10 gym brands in America. That would be UFC Gym Brand. And here's why UFC hits number one. This club has it all from tactical fitness, self-defense, martial arts, general health and fitness, group exercise, a class called Daily Ultimate Training that reproduces the CrossFit approach with a UFC twist, right? So they integrate some fighting techniques with the CrossFit approach. Uh, personal training, everything you want in a gym. Personally, if I were to take and build a gym myself, it would actually look a lot like UFC just because you have the, the combat aspects, you have the Olympic lifts, you have the CrossFit thing, you have that community there. And they're tapping into multiple communities. It's not just one. Say, say, where do you land on UFC? Woo, it's good. It's good. That's a good call. Uh, I figured it'd be up there, so... Left number one spot is not a surprise. It's, uh, you know, they got it going on, man. A little violent, a little bit. You know, some people <laughs> make the mean that tries to be a little tough guy act. But, uh, you know, what you said is true. They got brands. Uh, they got all the equipment. They got a ring. Uh, and they love taking photos. <laughs> yeah. I think the the social media presence is there for them. But what I also like about them is, is they uh, offer free fight viewings on UFC um, events. So you can go in on a Saturday night and watch yeah. a UFC fight with everybody at the gym. They serve alcohol there. So you can get your drink on if you want. They have food. I I, I feel like UFC kind of gets it. Now here's the only one, if I were to say one negative thing about it, which I really have a tough time to do, is um, I feel like it's, it's a company right now that is – barely finding its legs it's brand new the first one opened up in 2009 so it's a brand new gym and they're finding their legs in the fitness industry i think there are some identity issues going on with who they are are they just a combat gym are they just it's difficult when you have so much going on but the concept is amazing it's definitely a brand that anyone can gravitate to moms everybody everybody needs some type of uh, martial art or self-defense training so um UFC Gym, you are number one on the top 10 talking some muscle gym brands in America. Hell yeah. All right, Stacey, that's going to put a bow on today's episode, man. Any closing thoughts? 
Yeah, just get it in, man. The, you know, gotta uh, stay positive and uh, you know appreciate every all the time that you, you take out working on this podcast, brother. I uh, thank you for devoting your uh, time and efforts. And speaking of getting it in on our next episode, come back and join us because we are going to cover the man who started Bikram Yoga and completely fucking weirded everybody out. That's right. We're going to cover the story of Bikram Chaudhary. Chowder. Chowder. The man who ran Bikram. around in a fucking Bikram. Speedo and spread his legs in front of all kinds of young girls and charged them for it. Now, if I could have a spirit animal, it would probably be him without all the rapey stuff, <laughs> you fucking weirdo. Anyhow, we're going to talk about his story, how he created his cult, right? Because we're going to the good cult of CrossFit, to the absolutely twisted and downright illegal approach that Bikram Chowdhury had to his cult following when he launched his Bikram Yoga teachers program we're gonna cover that story there's a netflix documentary there's a whole bunch of lawsuits most importantly there's a fucking weird indian dude running around in a speedo trying to get people to have sex with him against their will and we need to find that guy and we need to fucking flex on him harder than anybody ever has on the next episode of talking some muscle man i'll have to stretch out for this one (laughs) all right uh join us next time in your speedo We'll be in ours. Remember, everybody, if you're going to join a cult, join the cult of CrossFit because you might walk away with some abs and a big ass and some big thighs. For Cece Liua, I'm Hector Oliveira. And also remember, if you don't got it, don't show it. Matthew McConaughey, take us home. Let me tell you what Melvin Toast is packing right here. I've got 411 Posse Track out back, 750 Double Pumper, Edelbrock Intakes, Ford Over 30, 11 to 1 Pop-Up Pistons, Turbojet, 390 horsepower. We're talking some fucking muscle.